couple years down the road, you uh, wind up in Los Angeles. You're um, you're auditioning for the reboot of Last Comic Standing. They're flying you out to L.A. Hotel. Yeah, baby. They got you put up at the the Shirley Temple Inn. They don't serve any alcohol there, <laughs> but they serve everything else. So like chili, chili, soups. They got a whole floor full of sauce flavored rooms. You go in the basement, you might not come back. Why? Some people don't come back. It's just a pleasure center. You know what oh. I mean? It's the pleasure center of L.A.'s underground wealthy swinger community. Shirley Temple Inn. Makes sense that I'm there. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're, you're, that's just where they put you up. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's probably some connection. You never really investigated. So you're you're in there in L.A. Going to audition for NBC. They take you to like the lot. They show you around. You know, they go, yeah, we got a bunch of programming that we're filming right now. Uh, if you ever want to, you know, sit in on anything or just see or go take in a show, you know, you can. You got some time to kill. You're like, yeah, sure, I'll see something. You know, you're waiting for your audition. You got like a couple hours. Like, oh, we got a game show that we're filming here. If you want to go sit in on a game show, you might win win something. You know, whatever you win, feel free to keep it. So you so go I'm a, in. I'm a participant in the game show. Yeah, I mean, it's like a like a, there's like a lot of people in the crowd, you know, and you know, people win prizes on the show, like a sometimes. Price is Right situation. Yeah, yeah, kinda. Okay. So, um, it's a show called Who's Got It. And who's got it? Um, you go inside. There's like like a hundred people, you know, in there. And um, basically, how it works is there's a host. He's a, a young guy in like a a sharp gray suit. He's got short blonde hair. Very charismatic. They start playing the theme music of some generic game show shit, you know. He comes out from behind a door and he and everybody just starts clapping like crazy. You've never seen the show, but apparently it's got a little bit of a following. And he goes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our show. And people just kind of go nuts. Who's got it? Exactly. Yeah. He says, are you ready for it? And everybody just says, yells, yeah. And he goes, are you ready for it? And they go, yeah. And they go, who's got it? And they yell, we've got it. Right. And he turns to the camera and he goes, America, you're tuned in to Who's Got It? My name is Jeremy Dallas. <laughs> I'm the brand new host of Who's Got It? He's and brand new? He's the brand new it's host. His first day. Yeah. The last host uh, recently passed away. Oh, no. Yeah. So how the show works is um, when the show starts, they, they they close everything up. You know, they close the doors. Um and there's a timer that descends from the ceiling. The doors are locked. I mean, I mean yeah. Okay. Yeah. A timer descends from the ceiling. The entire studio audience has one hour to find out who's got it. If they do, there's like great prizes. Like sometimes it's a lot of cash. Sometimes it's other stuff. If um, they don't find out who's got it, somebody pays a price. So it is basically an implant inserted underneath somebody's skin. So you kind of like don't really remember it, but you just kind of remember waking up in the studio. You don't really know how you got there. So somebody in the studio audience, presumably, has an implant that's been injected underneath their skin. You have one hour to find it. If you find it, big time prizes. If not, 
as soon as that person leaves the lot, uh, it, the 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 item the, it detonates, and they're gonna explode. I'm doing this between sets for Last Comic Standing. No, just like before, like an okay. audition. Yeah, you know. So I don't. I didn't book the show. Actually, I'm auditioning. I mean, you're there for like a callback. Okay, you know. So uh, you guys are kind of looking around. You know, you're like, what the fuck? What do we do? And because the reality is, like, this show's been on the air for a little bit, and people are big fans of it. And everybody has a plan, you know? It's like, oh, I know what I'd do if I was on that game show. I'd do X, Y, and Z. But until that clock starts ticking down in front of you, you never really know how you're going to react. The first seven minutes are spent in complete silence. People are just kind of looking around. They have pulled their cell phones. They don't fucking work. Then the reality of the situation sets in. People start kind of checking their arms, you know, rolling their pant legs up, talking to their neighbors. They start... uh taking like tops off jeans all right in your underwear and then eventually so we're all so, nude and quiet no everybody's in their underwear but eventually somebody gets naked and you're like talking to each other and somebody stands up on a chair and they're like guys 43 minutes left we know what we got to do and everybody just gets fucking nude you're feeling people right you're looking at you're looking at dots on skin birthmarks any red area people are touching you you don't know whose hands are whose you know it's just a cacophony of flesh it's just it's just a writhing mass of people touching to see who's got it you get like 16 minutes left and from the other side of the studio you go Hey, hey, I, I think I got it. I think I got it. And a guy stands up and uh, the the person who's next to him is this another guy. He's got, like touching his thigh and he goes, I think this is it. There's something underneath his skin. And he's like, he's like, guys, this is I've never had this. I don't know what this is. And so uh, the host goes, hey, somebody got it. And he goes, I me, 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 I've got it. He goes, get on up here. And he goes up to like one of those TSA booths, you know, puts his hands up over his head, scans. <laughs> And there's a, a light box above the booth, and it lights up bright green. It says, he's got it. Oh, and good. And the crowd goes fucking nuts. Yeah, we're all saved. Everybody's saved, and those sweet, sweet prizes. So uh, the host comes out. He goes, America, he's got it. Let's see what they've won. The host walks around with a bucket. And uh, you put your hand in, you pull out a scrap of paper, it tells you what you won. Some people, it's like $30,000. One guy wins a lifetime supply of filet mignon. (laughs) Anytime you want a filet mignon, you call an 800 number. You tell them, I want a filet mignon. And they'll immediately like freeze pack one and put it in the mail. So it comes in a couple days? It comes in, it's like 12 hours. They've got a a courier service and everything. You ship. They're they're called, uh, it's called... Frank's meets. He's got his own jet. He started out as like an airline magnet, and uh, then he just like got into the steak game, and now he just flies steaks all over the USA. You know, so that's a pretty good that's a pretty good prize. Uh, yeah, another guy good. wins uh, free babysitting for life. Okay. <laughs> and the estimated value on that is. Uh, four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, because the and it's kind of like that. It's really like this company's way of like writing off four hundred k. Because like, yeah, you're. It's like from z- from like age zero to you know fourteen or whatever. Whenever a kid can start staying home alone, 14, they're not. Right? I, I don't know. I'm yeah. not. You know, right. it's, it's not going to cost them that much. I'm like nobody's going to spend four hundred thousand dollars on daycare. But they go, you can come in anytime you want 
if you're 48 and just having a rough week and you need to be babysat, come on in and see us. So they, he wins a lifetime of that. He's pretty good. It comes to you. You reach in and you pull out a slip of paper and you look at it and it just says monster truck. And you go, you turn to the camera and you go, I got a monster truck. And so you end up like you're watching everybody and people, just people's, everybody's lives are being changed right? for the better. Free stakes, 30K, full ride scholarship for all of your kids, like really impactful stuff. You win a monster truck. So you, uh, you go to walk out the studio and uh, there's a guy from NBC. He goes, man, I didn't really know that this was what you're going to be. And we wouldn't have put you here if there was, you know, we knew it was you. And, you know, we got the show coming up. He goes, you want a monster truck? And you go, yeah. And you give him the slip of paper. He goes, OK, I'll go. Uh, I'll pull it around for you. It'll be, it'll be out front after your show. You know, you can drive it wherever. So you go do this. Um, this last comic standing audition, like callback. You crush it. You have a great set. No one's surprised by that. Nobody's surprised. Yeah. Everybody's like, we've been waiting a long time for this, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Dunham. Jeff Dunham's one of the judges Whoa. this year. <laughs> he, uh, he's got a puppet on each hand. And he, uh, he, he pulls a curtain in front of his face. And you can see like him deliberating with them. On, it's like a, like, a, like, a sh- like a shadow. And he, he pulls it back and he goes... Congratulations. So those are the three judges. Yeah, you're going to be on the show. <laughs> it's just Jeff Dunham. It's Jeff Dunham and two of his puppets. Yeah. yeah. It's Jeff Dunham and then two racist puppets. Yeah. yeah. The good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're like, fuck, this is, this is, ins- what, what an amazing day. I get a monster truck. I get confirmed to be on last comic standing. Holy shit. Like, how could this get better? So you, um, you leave, like you leave the audition room. You, uh, you call your lovely wife. Right. You call your family, you explain the good news and you're like, and weirdly enough, I have a monster. It's, it's a long story, but I have a monster truck and everybody's fucking pumped for you, man. You know what I mean? Everybody's really excited for you. And they go, what, what? And you go, I don't know. I'm about to go pick it up. Like this is so they're like, you're like, I'll call you once I get everything settled. You go out in the parking lot, you look around and in the parking lot, you see a monster truck. Um, and there's, but you're like, this is, there's no way that this is it, but it's clearly the only monster truck in the parking lot. The, the monster truck is just, uh, it's a pair of big old tits, <laughs> exposed breasts, honkers. They like, uh, yeah, big breasts, big lifelike breasts. <laughs> not like, not like they don't look metallic. They look soft like flesh. <laughs> There's just there's just a window in the middle, you know, where yeah. you can obviously get in and see. There's a smokestack out the top that looks like a looks like a, a bra the strap. It just looks, but that's where the smokestack is. Of course, but there's no bra, baby. These things are loose. What do you do? <laughs> a page from NBC walks up and he goes, "Oh, Sam, here you go." He throws you the keys. You catch it in your hand. You feel like you're in Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Yeah. It's got a pair of fuzzy dice on her. What do you do? I, uh, based on the current information. Huh? Based on the current information. Yeah. I'd probably ask when I'm filming for Last Comic. They go, oh, we'll, we'll get in touch with you. It's going to be, uh, like next month. Okay. Um, they go, in the meantime, have fun with that ride, huh? 
Yeah. Pretty great. When I for sure like uh, climb up on the on the tire, the yeah. big tire by the front door. You um, you walk up to it and you run your hands along it. It feels yeah. kind of dirty, but you know what? <laughs> it's your your truck. It's my truck. And it feels like flesh. It's yeah. just soft and supple. You press it and it, there's a give to it. Uh, yeah, I touch the truck and then yeah. I uh, I ask the page, "Can I get the cash value for this truck?" Because this is a it's a one of a kind. Like I, I wouldn't, I could ask, I could see if I could find out, but I mean, it's I don't probably want to pay taxes on it. He goes, "We'll take care of the taxes." Okay. He goes, yeah. "NBC takes care of its own taxes." Then thank you. Yeah, NBC got in some real hot water like last year, the year before this about taxes shit. I, I get in the truck. Yeah, you get in the truck. It's just totally soft on the inside. The insides. <laughs> when you when you climb in, it's just like uh, it looks like like there's veins on the dashboard, you know. That you see like veins and just kind of everywhere. Like you're actually on the inside of a breast. Like it looks like anatomically correct, you know. And you get behind the wheel, you fire it up, and it just purrs. You know what I mean? You drive it off the lot. You see those big honkers just bouncing up and down. They move like real breasts do. When you look at a move, you're almost hypnotized. You're like, fuck, this is so lifelike. This is a lifelike pair of breasts, but it's in a monster truck, just on like 60-inch wheels. So you're driving around LA. It's a big old pair of tits. People are honking at you. You're like, yeah, I know. It's weird. You know, <laughs> People are glaring at you. Like this, you fucking pig. You know what I mean? People are just like, there's a lot of visceral reactions coming your way. Would you go anywhere in particular? Yeah, uh, I'd probably go to uh, pick up my friend David. David, uh, in front of David Borey's house, and you, you honk pull the up. Horn. When you honk, it just goes, oh. <laughs> I lay on the horn. <laughs> it just goes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's why I love the horn. You love the horn. Yeah. And the horn, you feel like the horn loves you back. Because the harder you press, the more it's like, oh yeah. Like like almost like the truck is into it too, you know? David comes out and he goes, Oh, look at this stack of fat natties. He goes, Holy shit. And he gets in. You guys drive to the fucking beach. Yeah. You drive down to the ocean. You fucking, you just barrel over. There's like a, a cement barrier. You're like, let's see what this, let's see what this pig can do. You put the pedal to the floor. You launch the titty mobile over the cement barrier. You're driving a monster truck along the sands of the, of the Pacific Ocean. You see a, you see a beach volleyball game going on. You just honk the horn. Oh, yeah. And you see these people like get out of the way. You just barrel right through their fucking net. You know what I mean? You you break and you poke your head out of the side of the breast and you go, hey, I'm sorry. And then you uh, you hold the brake and hit the gas and you just fucking throw sand on them. You keep hauling ass. They're not even mad. That's how cool this fucking truck is, you know. Yeah, we're seeing what this pig can do. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys like drive all up and down the beach all day long. Just you're the talk of the town, right? You see uh, the talk of the town. People are talking about it. There's a helicopter flying around following you guys. They're like, uh, they're, they cut away to the news. There's a there's an alert. People are just like tweeting you. They're tweeting a video of of a, a helicopter guy. He goes, I, I don't know. It, it looks like uh looks like a pair of my wife's breasts. And 
and the anchor's like, your wife, huh? And he goes, yeah, my wife. What about? And they have like a whole fight. Turns out the anchor man's been fucking the helicopter guy's wife this whole time. And they just have it out on air. And they're just like following you and David down the down the fucking Pacific coastline. Right. It's outstanding. There's a little mini fridge underneath the seat. Oh, no. Yeah. You pull it out. There's a couple of Red Bulls inside. You crack them open. And you just pound them, dude. It's a Red Bull kind of day. So you've never felt better in your like entire life. You're like, this is the most fun I think I've ever had. You know, the I, I can't remember a time like this is absolutely insane. You wind up uh, calling your lovely family and telling them like, yeah, I have the titty truck. Like that's my <laughs> truck now, and then everybody is just astounded. So you drive the titty truck from L.A. to Denver. It's a it's a long drive and you yeah. get horrible gas mileage. You spend a lot of money on gas. You spend a lot of money <laughs> on sure. gas. But you don't really cuz people along the way are just like, "Hey, I got this." <laughs> no, they and don't. And they're you see like every like almost every gas station you go to, before you can put a credit card in, guys are like, "Look, I'll pay for this if I can I just like t- touch them." Would you let him? Yeah. Yeah. So every every gas, gas station there's just a guy who's just like rubbing his hands along this titty truck. And he's like, okay, man. And he puts his credit card in. It's like $88 each time. It's a lot of fucking gas. You yeah, know? every 30 miles. It's so much gas. Yeah. So you uh, you drive back to Denver. A snowstorm hits. In right? Denver? In Denver. Oh, no. Snowstorm hits. Power lines go down. It's like the worst snowstorm in 50 years. Mm-hmm. You, um, you hear like on the local radio, they're like, look, we need all emergency vehicles, anybody with four by four capability. There's, you know, there's a, a school bus trapped on this road within there. There are 13 kids on board and you Denver needs a hero. Ladies and gentlemen, he goes, look, this is a long shot. He goes, but I know a man who by the grace of God was gifted an automobile that's brought nothing but pleasure to this world. And we need him now more than ever. He goes, Titty Man, if you're listening, we need that truck. Save those kids. We'll be back in five with sports. We got a new offensive lineman coming in for Denver. That and more on uh, after, these, after this break. Cuts away to commercial. Would you go save the children? Yes, man. Of course. So you steal yourself. <laughs> you put on uh, your thickest thermals. You put on your coveralls, some work boots. Put on a big thick hat. You go outside. You grab the keys off the counter. Go outside. It's cold, so you've got a little bra on the truck. You know, you don't keep them nice. The nips are just perked. It's because it's chilly outside. You run your hands along the exterior of the truck and you go, well, it's time to make things right. You get in, you fire it up, just purrs. You plug the uh, the address where the kids are stranded into your GPS and you drive the truck through town. You handle the snow like it's nothing. You know what I mean? Like you're on just perfectly smooth asphalt. You're driving through town. People are uh, standing outside in their yards just like cheering you on. People got signs out. Yeah, they go, uh, they're like, save those kids, you know? Or like uh, just a drawing a breast, you know? 
You become a bit of an icon in the town. So you see the, uh, you see the, the bus kind of up ahead slid off the side of the road. And it's just like teetering on the edge of this hill. And you can see all the kids are on one side of the bus. And they're just like, they have nowhere to go. There's like a 10-foot snowdrift in front of them. An insurmountable hill to climb after that. They're stuck. So you hop out of the truck. You got a chain. You got a winch on the back. And you start trying to like pull. You're like pulling this, this bus in. You need to give it a little bit more gas, so you hop back in and you start to try to, you know, really get at it. It's a pretty steep hill, a lot of snow, and you're just trying to maneuver this truck to get these kids, you know, in, into safety. One thing leads to another. You kind of wind up parallel with the edge of the cliff with the, the bus behind you. And in front of you, there's like hardly any room. And you're kind of like, kind of shits out of luck too, you know? So you manage to... uh you manage to like get out into the bed of the truck and you're yelling to the bus. You're like, we can't make it here. Like this is as good as we can go. Get the kids out. So you see like one by one, the kids start to like get out. And so they have a little bit of an easier climb here. Uh, there's an adult on board. They've got like a, a shovel trying to shovel their way through. And you feel the truck start to like slide backwards. Would you go out and unhook the truck all the kids are off the bus they're off the bus yeah yeah so you get out and hook the truck because the bus is going to fall off the cliff the bus is like sliding backwards yeah, and yeah. it's pulling the truck with you yeah I, I if the kids are safe for sure so you look and you don't see any uh you don't see any kids on board well hmm? let me ask you this yeah the truck is insured i mean i I would assume you'd get insurance on it, right? Right. If you're driving so, it. This truck kind of seems like a bit of a nightmare. It's really not, like, though. So far, it's, it's been the best thing in your life. Yeah, but I'm being asked to do a lot of stuff. I mean, just this one time. All right. Yeah, know. I mean, I would I would unhook the chain and save the truck. So you get out to unhook the chain, right? You're like... Uh, kind of like you sink into the snow and you're like fighting your way through right you get to the back you unhook the chain the school bus just falls off the edge of the cliff and you see just smoke you see like a fireball and smoke just kind of pours up and the kids all just cheer they think it's the coolest fucking thing ever you know yeah, the kids rules. are loving it yeah. i mean you're in a teddy truck you know what i mean right. the kids are staring taking pictures mm -hmm. it's the first time a lot of those kids have seen such a natural pair you know So you uh, you get in your truck. You kind of pull up to where the kids are at. They all hop in the bed. You know, some of the, the boys are just like touching everything. It's like very, uh, it's kind of gross, you know. It's unsettling to say the least. So you drive, um, you drive the kids off. You drop them off one at a time. And you, uh, you go home and you're just like lauded as like a hero throughout town, you know. Everybody's like the truck, like the titty truck saved everything. You get home, you feel like you made a difference in the world. You uh, you lay your head down, you wake up. Most of the snow kind of melts, which is like a freak snowstorm. Most of the snow melts like it's still around, and then uh, you hear a knock on your door. What do you do? I had a long night, man. I'm, I'm sleeping through it. Yeah. So you got to wait a second. I haven't seen my wife in a bit. I've been driving across country. She's out of town right now. 
Interesting. Yeah, she's at a uh, she's at a book signing. Yeah. I'm probably trying to sleep through it. I'm pretty so, good at blocking stuff out. It gets a little louder. Okay. They go, Mr. Talent. We know you're in there. Well, now I'm scared. What do you do? Uh, probably go to the door and look through the people. You look at the people, it's like a cop. Okay. okay. What's this all about? He goes, uh, Sam, uh, we need you to come with us. Do you have a warrant? He holds up a piece of paper to the, the keyhole, the peephole. Yeah. He goes, Sam, can we talk, please? We can talk through the door, officer. He goes, I know my rights. He goes, well, I mean, we're, we're going to come in there. Not without Why my permission. He goes, uh, Sam, I, he goes, I have a warrant. He goes, I, I have, I'm coming in if you don't well, let, let me, me get in. Dressed. He goes, let me get dressed first. He goes, what are you wearing now? Uh, I'm nude. I'm sleeping in my house. He goes, okay. Go ahead and get dressed. Okay, I throw on some clothes. Yeah, and uh, you put on uh, some white boxers with red hearts on them. Okay, put on a pair of basketball shorts and a white t-shirt. Yeah, look like you're coming off the bench. You know, you uh, you go to the door. You open up the door. There's a there's a cop there. He's got a warrant. He goes, Sam. My name is Chief Jack Pounds. Damn, I just transferred in. From where? Austin, Texas. <laughs> he goes, uh, he goes, this is, I hate making these kinds of calls. He goes, but you got to come with us, Sam. What's he, this about? He goes, you're under arrest for exposure. He goes, you exposed a bunch of uh, minors to pornographic material what? when you drove your truck through town and saved those kids. So he uh, he arrests you. You go to jail. Officer, the operative word is save. He goes, look, you saved him for one thing, but those kids are forever changed. Turns out, like, two of them, like, just stopped talking. These kind of went catatonic. All they can do is just, like, you see, like, the kids just sit at home and, like, grasp at air. You know what I mean? Like, they're looking for a, a, a piece of them that's gone missing. Maybe some people say it's their youth or their innocence. I, I'm not one to judge. So you get arrested. You go to you go to jail. You wait. Uh, you wait there. They they end up um, taking you. You, you get charged for. 13 counts of exposing adult material to uh, a child, a minor. Um, a court of your peers, a, a jury of your peers, uh, they find you They find you guilty because you what? 100% did. No. You get sentenced to 38 years in jail. 38? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're six weeks in. Word gets around of what you did. People brand you as like a, like a deviant. And one day you're, you're in the library. You're, um, you're alphabetizing John Grisham books. <laughs> <laughs> you're in between uh pelican's brief and the rainmaker <laughs> and you're like you, you're going through the alphabet going a b c d e f g h i j k elemental pelican and you put that one in front and as soon as you slide that copy of pelican brief in and it's flush with the edge of the shelf perfectly flush almost like a puzzle piece just fitting into place as soon as you slide it and it's perfectly flush with the shelf and the other book a guy comes in, and he shivs you in the ribs. <laughs> he shivs you in the ribs, and it hurts so bad. Bogus. And then you you pull the shelf down on top of you, and that's kind of what led to your death. But you also bled out from the shiv. <laughs> you died in the in the library of the jail. I wasn't sexually assaulted. I mean, not when you were alive. You know, 
you bled out pretty quick and things got dark you know people do what they have to do but uh you you were you were branded a sexual criminal and then you got shipped and died in jail the last thing you see the last thing you see, <laughs> what is it <laughs> the last thing you see is uh is the rainmaker book slides out from the shelf and it's the movie edition so it's just matt damon and uh uh danny devito on the cover and you see, you see, like the movie poster just flying towards your face, and you swear that your mouth comes face to uh, face with Matt Damon. Yeah, but Danny DeVito wasn't in that movie. They, it's a remake. <laughs> it's a re, it's a remake that happens. They do a remake of the Rainmaker called the Remaker, and it's just the Rainmaker except it's Danny DeVito and Matt Damon in it. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, dude. So they re-released the book, and that thing crushes at the box office. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a win. Yeah, it's pretty good. The story is exactly the same, but Danny DeVito gives an Oscar-worthy performance. He he died like two weeks after the Oscars. So I'm dead. Yeah, I mean you. Yeah, you died for sure. You're branded a sexual criminal, and you died. <laughs> no one has ever been called a sexual criminal. I mean, I'll tell you, you fucking pervert. <laughs> With that city truck, you should have parked it or sold it, but you just drove around town flaunting it in the everyone in all those kids' faces. I wanted. <laughs> you you never get on last comic standing. 